0: I have a serious question for you. Why is the world of wellness so serious? It's all about discipline, willpower, all work, and no play. And to be honest, the focus seems to be much more on how we look than how we feel. These impossible standards can feel like a full-time job, but it doesn't have to. Welcome to Part-Time Wellness, the podcast where we redefine wellness and create health habits that enhance our life, not overtake it. I'm Chelsea Eithoven, a wellness coach for women with ADHD, late diagnosed ADHDer myself, and your biggest cheerleader. I believe that you can have it all. You can experience a life of fulfillment, joy, and play, along with thriving health and wellness. You can have your cake and eat it too. Why else would you make a cake? ADHDers deserve to experience the feeling of thriving, not just surviving. So together, we'll explore the world of wellness and life in general with ADHD. Don't forget to subscribe, and let's dive in. We've got a lot to chat about. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Part-Time Wellness, where we talk about ADHD and wellness and where the two collide. So as you can tell by the title, today we're going to be talking about how to do wellness without a diet. Because when I was transitioning from dieting to... Trying to figure out still how to prioritize my wellness because for me with my ADHD, it is highly important that I am doing the things that I need to do, such as drinking water, moving my body, eating vegetables and protein. But doing that without a diet was so difficult for me until I figured out how to do it. And that's what we're we'll going to be talking about in this episode. So we're going to be chatting a little bit about my experience of transitioning from dieting to a focus. Just on wellness and not necessarily what my body looks like. We're going to talk about the challenges that come with that. And I'm going to give you the solution that has been really helpful for me and I think will be really helpful for you as well. But before we get into that, we are of course going to talk about the hyper focus of the week. So my hyper focus of this week has been the library. You guys, why did I forget about public libraries? I literally forgot public libraries are a thing. I've been stuck in this rut for a long time, up until the past few weeks, where I was not reading any fiction books. And I used to absolutely devour books. Like when I was a kid, a teenager, I just devoured books. I was such a reader. And recently I've had a really hard time doing that. I mean. I don't know. Part of me, I think I didn't want to purchase books because I knew that I fly through fiction books so quickly and I knew that I'm probably not going to reread them. I don't like to reread fiction. So I just felt like I didn't want to spend money on it. So I would spend money on nonfiction books, which are really valuable, but they don't have that plot line to keep me going. So I got a library card. I don't know why I forgot about the library being a thing. And I honestly thought my library was gonna be kind of crappy because it's a super small town library. Dude, it has so many new books and so many that are just completely untouched. Like, I'm the first person reading these books, I'm pretty sure. So, anyways, some books that I have gotten and that I've read that summer I read Circle of Wives, which is so juicy, so good. I read The Guest List, which is also really good. I finished that in like three days. I got an audiobook. We listened to the mother-in-law on the way to our family beach trip. And these are all, I love like psychological thrillers. That's my favorite kind of TV show. And like I said, I've also discovered now that I really enjoy reading them as well. So do you guys go to the library? Am I just like, you know, way behind on this and <laughs> just am the only person who totally forgot public libraries exist? Maybe if you're the same as me, this might inspire you to go pick up some books as well. I finished those other books and returned them. And I also just checked out Milk Fed, The Silent Patient, and Bright Burning Things. So I'm super excited. If you're reading any of these books or you have read any of those books, message me on Instagram about them. I would love to chat with somebody about these books, but I don't want to give anything away here on the podcast. So I'm not going to talk about them much because I might accidentally giveaway uh, twist or whatever. (laughs) So uh, my Instagram, by the way, is the same as this podcast, Part-Time Wellness. Come follow me over there. Say hey. I love chatting with you guys. It makes my freaking day. All right. So that's my hyper focus of the week. And it's also been a really nice form of rest for me, mental rest, something other than scrolling TikTok, which we're going to talk a little bit about rest later in this episode. And I'm sure you're thinking, what does rest have to do with how to do wellness without a diet? But you will see later in the episode. So let's get into the topic, shall we? Like I said, we're going to be talking about transitioning from dieting to wellness and how to do wellness without a diet. And the reason I thought this would be a fun episode to cover or a really helpful episode to cover is because It can feel really overwhelming and scary to transition from dieting, right? We can feel really out of control and really unsure of ourselves that we know what to do, right? I remember feeling like I really needed the rules of the diet. Otherwise, I would just like, quote unquote, go crazy and eat whatever I wanted, never exercise, like lose all self-control. I don't know. I had all these like fear-based thoughts about what would happen If I was not on a diet and I didn't have the guidance of a diet, I also felt like the diets were kind of what kept me from going totally off course. And I felt like left to my own devices, I would surely abandon all wellness habits altogether and spiral. It's kind of funny because looking back now, the reason I felt that way and the reason I always felt so compelled by like these quote unquote junk foods and things like that is because I was restricting them so much. And now that I am a much more free relationship with food and I'm just focusing on wellness and not so much like a specific strict diet, it doesn't have the same appeal that it used to. I mean, it's exciting and I still freaking love food, don't get me wrong, but I'm not obsessed with it the way that I used to be. So in order to do this transition from dieting to just focusing on wellness, first of all, let me quickly go over why I did this. The reason I did this was because quite honestly, I felt like I could not restrict for one more moment of my life. I've talked about it a little bit on this podcast, but if you haven't heard it before, the last diet I ever went on was before my wedding. And I literally was dieting for a year before my wedding. I was counting macros really strictly. And I just felt like after my wedding, I had essentially been restricting myself or dieting my entire life. And I was just like, I cannot fathom the thought of restricting myself for one more moment. It just felt out of the realm of possibility for me. I was just tired and worn down and sick of always fighting myself. I feel like every diet, every wellness plan I've been on is all about fighting your natural instincts. Um, having discipline, ignoring what you want now for what you want the most in the long term, which is an important skill, but I always felt like it was about taking it to the extreme, right? And I always took it to the extreme. So basically, your girl was just freaking worn out. And again, I knew at that time, I didn't know I had ADHD, but I did know that my wellness habits were super important for me. If I'm not drinking water, if I'm not moving my body, if I'm not eating vegetables and protein, if I'm not, you know, getting enough sleep, I spiral real quick. And now I have kind of realized that's part of my ADHD, like maintaining the baseline of my ability to function is really, really strongly connected to how well I'm taking care of myself. So I knew I couldn't just ditch my wellness habits altogether, nor did I want to, because I love this stuff, you know, but I had to reevaluate what wellness meant to me, right? And reevaluate my definition of wellness. And I think at that time I also kind of transitioned from a focus on fitness to a focus on wellness. And you might be thinking like, um, what is the difference between those two things? And I'll be honest with you, this isn't coming from I didn't google the definitions of fitness and wellness. This isn't like an official difference or anything, but this is kind of the defined difference for me and what made sense for me. So I personally feel like fitness is the pursuit of being and looking fit, right? Physically fit. So does your body look physically fit from the outside, right? And it's the pursuit of being and looking fit, whether or not that comes at a cost to our wellness, And wellness, on the other hand, is the pursuit of being well and experiencing the feelings of being well on the inside, whether or not that comes at a cost to looking or being fit from an outsider's perspective. So hopefully this makes sense to you. This paradigm shift for me was huge. Oh my gosh, so huge, right? So I was essentially shifting from wanting to look well to wanting to actually be well. And what that meant for me was that to other people, perhaps I don't look as physically fit as I used to. In fact, I know that I don't look as physically fit as I used to, but oh my gosh, I can't tell you how much like I feel better than I ever have. My wellness is at its peak. I mean, as far as health markers go. My wellness is at its absolute peak, especially mental health. I have such a healthy relationship with food and my body. I'm a lot more confident than I ever was. I feel freaking good. I'm energized. There's just a feeling of wellness that's hard to describe and it has nothing to do with what we look like. And I do want to make a disclaimer here that I do have thin privilege. I was born in a straight-sized body And because of my genetics, I don't have to face the same discrimination based on my size that other folks unfairly and unjustly face every single day, right? And I do make a lot of these disclaimers because I think they need to be made. I don't believe in (laughs) the number one thing that might turn me off of somebody is if they say the phrase, if I can do it, you can too, because I feel like that conversation is rarely ever relevant, right? And I know that making this change for other folks that aren't in straight size bodies can come with more consequences and more discrimination for their size and weight. So it's not as easy as saying, I made this choice and you can too. Body positivity, don't care what anybody thinks. I'm totally aware that it's a lot easier for me than it might be for other folks. And I will say this transition from fitness and focusing on what I look like to wellness For me, it did come with its share of challenges, right? One being the confusion of how to even do wellness without a diet. All I had ever known up until that point was to take someone else's rules, right? Read their book of what to do or purchase their program or look at their meal plan or look at whatever they told me to restrict is what I would restrict. All I ever known was taking someone else's rules that I knew worked for them And trying to force myself to apply those things to my life and hopefully get the results that they did or come out the other end looking like they did, whoever this was that was making this promise to me, right? Whoever's book I purchased, whether it be the Whole30 or I don't know, one of the other millions of freaking diets that I did. (laughs) It felt like in making this transition, one of the hardest things was... I felt like I was just going to free fall, right? Diets felt really comfortable because there were rules and guidance. Never mind the fact that I could rarely stick to the rules and guidance. Like I would end up binging and, you know, I never was 100% compliant with a diet. And that's because they're not built for you to be 100% compliant. It's really difficult to do it exactly correct all the time, right? Because of hello, hunger cues and our bodies not wanting to get super duper small, way smaller than they're meant to be. But regardless of that, just having the rules and guidance felt comfortable, right? I felt like, well, this person clearly knows more than me. Even when I was a certified health and wellness coach, I had been experienced and trained in this topic. I still felt like somebody else knew more than me. And that's because I didn't have this inherent self trust. I knew how to diet. I knew the expectations of me and how to change my body to be fitter or smaller. I knew what I was supposed to do. But what I didn't know was how to trust myself or listen to myself and listen to my body cues I did not know how to be well from a weight neutral perspective. And I did not know how to listen to my body for those cues. You know, like I felt like, could I trust myself to even follow through with my goals if I knew there wasn't some perfect body waiting for me on the other end of it? We're promised by diets this like vision of perfection and energy and you're going to be so fit and feel so confident. And I was like, well, if that's not on the other end of it... How am I ever going to force myself to do these things that make me well? And that's the interesting part is I don't come from the energy of force at all anymore, but we'll get into that in a little bit and maybe a lot more deeply on another episode. But I also wondered, like, could I trust myself and my own guidance to create my own set of quote unquote rules or standards that would help me feel well? You know what else can be confusing about this too is... I learned recently that ADHDers struggle to create from a blank slate. So if we have a blank piece of paper in front of us and we're supposed to write an essay, or let's say you're a content creator like me and you have a blank caption to write or a blank blog post or a blank podcast or whatever, Creating from a blank slate can be really difficult because we don't know what the end result looks like. And therefore we don't know what to do, right? And that's exactly how I felt creating my wellness habits. I felt like I was starting from a blank slate, so to say. And it was super overwhelming. I felt like I needed to create some form of loose structure. I knew I didn't want to have really intense and strict structure, but I wanted some kind of loose structure to help me prioritize wellness, remember what was important and what was really helpful for my wellness, but in a non-obsessive, non-restrictive way. So how I did this was I ended up creating a sort of loose structure that would help me. And I did it from the lens of that redefining and refocusing on wellness versus fitness. And in that, instead of thinking about the habits that I knew to do, like count macros or weightlift or all the things that I was told to do, I really thought about what habits and behaviors did I do that I can definitely make a connection between me doing these behaviors and me feeling really well, experiencing the feeling of wellness. Okay, guys, this was so hard. Because it also meant that I had to detach what made me feel proud and what made me feel well. And I'll explain what I mean. So for example, I felt really, really, really good about myself and really proud when I followed my macros to a T, when I was counting macros. Okay. And in my head previously, I would say, well, yeah, that makes me feel good. That makes me feel well to follow my macros perfectly. Truth be told, and I see a lot of people do this, they say, well, I will feel good when I lose the weight, right? We think that's what's going to make us feel good because that's what's going to make us feel proud. But is that really what's going to make us feel the experience of wellness? Not necessarily. For some people, maybe. For others, no. For me, Like I said, counting my macros and following them to a T when I was counting made me feel really proud because I did what I was supposed to do and then a consequence of doing what I was supposed to do, following through with what I said I would do, made me feel confident and I felt confident I would get the results I wanted and so that made me feel good. But did it actually help me feel well, have this feeling of wellness and vibrance and like energy and just feel good and satiated, aka like satisfied with the amount of food that I was eating. Hell no. (laughs) Honestly, when I was counting my macros and I did stick to my very low calories that I was supposed to eat, a lot of times that meant I would go to bed hungry. I would have a hard time falling asleep because I was starving because I finished my calories really early and then I couldn't eat anything for the rest of the day. Or I would like end up binging later that day or the next day because my body was starving for calories. Or I was just constantly thinking about food. Like constantly. There was not a moment that I wasn't thinking about food. I was always thinking about the next thing I would eat. I was thinking about what was in my lunchbox, what I was going to have for dinner, how much could I have, how could I squeeze the most food out of my calories. Now that I think about it, I just... I do feel really sad for that version of me because it took up all my mental space. I had no mental space for anything else. I would be obsessively counting and readjusting if I ate one Jolly Rancher that was off plan. And I would be kind of internally freaking out if people asked me to go for a spontaneous drink or go out to lunch or um, somebody on my team when I was a kindergarten teacher would bring donuts or whatever. This, when I look back on it, that was not contributing to my wellness. It was actually depleting my wellness in the name of fitness, especially my mental and emotional wellness, right? But also my physical wellness because I was tired all the time. I was cranky. My hair was falling out. Like these aren't good things just to look skinny. I'm sorry. Skinny does not equal well. And I could go on a whole rant about that, but I will save you. (laughs) I will save you the 45 minute rant. Anyways, I had to really think and decipher what habits contributed to my wellness, not just my thinness, right? And what habits did I know for sure helped me feel my best physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? And from this question, asking myself this, the Core 6 was born. So if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok, you may have heard me talk about the core six. I've actually talked about it briefly, I think, in the podcast as well. But the core six is the structure that I've created to do wellness without a diet. And so when I sat down and thought about it, I said, all right, what are the habits that really contribute to my wellness? So if I was doing these things pretty regularly, not perfectly, right? There was a lot of mindset work to go with this as well, being like, I don't have to do the thing every day. I don't have to be perfect. If I'm not perfect, like I'm gonna focus on not beating myself up, but that's the mindset piece. This is the actual practical what I am doing to contribute to my wellness without a diet, right? And I would feel really great if I was doing these things pretty regularly. And I came up with six habits. So, I'm sharing these with you because if you're in this period of transitioning from diets to wellness and you're not sure where to start, the Core Six could be a fantastic place for you to start as well. So, what's really cool about this is these weren't specific habits, they were really generalized, right? So, I assumed that they were going to be super specific when I sat down to write these down. So, I thought I was going to be like, Meditate or drink a green juice or smoothies for breakfast or go to Pilates. And what I realized was they were actually a lot broader. So instead of saying go to Pilates, it was joyful movement. They were big buckets of habits, if you will, right? So I have these six buckets of habits. And what this means for me is that I had choice. And oh my God, as an ADHDer, choice equals novelty and novelty equals excitement. And that's so much fun, right? I could create lots of novelty and follow my joy within these big buckets. And that means every day wasn't going to look exactly the same, right? I wasn't going to wake up and meditate and then go to my Pilates class and then drink my greens juice. I know that works for other people. It doesn't work great for me because I really crave that variety. But like I said, I needed some loose structure. So these six habits are. Number one, eating plentiful produce. Number two, focusing on balanced nutrition. And I'll explain the difference between those two in a moment. Number three, hydration. Just drink your water, ho. You know, that's it. Number four, joyful movement. Number five, guilt-free rest. And number six, play. Play play is a part of my wellness. How fun is that? I freaking love it. So that's the core six. It's simple, it's not complex, and it's really helpful for creating a wellness quote unquote routine if you want to call it that or a way to focus on wellness without a diet and you know in a really fun and joyful way. These six habits, if I was doing these pretty regularly, I know that I'm gonna feel freaking good. And it's true. This is what I do now. This is what I focus on. This is how I do wellness without a diet. And I do feel really freaking good. And it's pretty cool because once I got to a certain point, like my weight also stays very easily managed in this area because I'm at the weight that my body wants to be at. And it's not a struggle to stay there. It's not a struggle to like constantly be fighting and working so hard to, you know, using all my discipline and willpower to fight, fight, fight. I feel like I've finally found this place where I'm just cruising. I'm cruising and I have the mental space to focus on other things. And I'm gonna be honest with y'all. My whole brand, everything about my business, part time wellness, is about wellness. But I'm gonna be honest with you the only reason that wellness matters to me. Is so that I could focus on other things. I don't want my whole life to be wellness. That's why the brand is part time wellness. For me, wellness is about having the vitality, the energy, the excitement to do the other things in my life that I'm really passionate about, like this podcast and creating my business and working with you guys and talking to you and creating relationships and hobbies and all that good stuff, right? Life is so juicy. It's not just about making ourselves smaller, more appealing, more attractive, okay? Going off on another rant. I need to stop. Let's go back to the core six. Bring it back. (laughs) So I wanted to briefly dive into each of the core six and tell you a little bit about them, how they benefit or how to do them or what they really are, right? So Let's start with plentiful produce. Plentiful produce is simply the act of eating fruits and vegetables, right? And focusing on not being perfect, not having to eat a fruit and vegetable with every single meal, not being like, you know, my plate has to be 90% veggies and 5% protein and 5% carb, whatever. We do talk about that a little bit in balanced nutrition, in the balanced nutrition portion, but it's not about perfection. It's more just about adding in fruits and vegetables so that we're getting those micronutrients that our body loves and needs. So plentiful produce, just eating fruits and vegetables, that's it. Not being perfect, nothing like that. Now, a lot of people have asked me, why is the plentiful produce separate from balanced nutrition in the core six? And the core six is What I take you through in the digital course Wellness with ADHD. We're going to talk about that at the end of this podcast. If you're interested in creating the core six and utilizing this in your life, but the reason that balanced nutrition is separate from plentiful produce is because honestly, it kind of helps me personally not be so all or nothing, right? So contrasting a diet, a diet, it was like, all right. I have to eat these exact foods. I have to eat this exact meal, this exact meal plan, this exact formula, whatever it was that I was focusing on, right? It had to be perfect. And when it comes to this, having plentiful produce and balanced nutrition kind of separated out, it's not the biggest deal. Maybe I didn't have a balanced plate, but I did have some carrots. So go me, right? Or maybe I didn't have any fruits and vegetables, but I did have a pretty balanced plate. It's like I'm still checking one of the boxes with my meals, and that's kind of what I try to do. I try to check one or the other, plentiful produce or balanced nutrition with my meals, but I'm going to be honest with you, I don't always do that, and it doesn't even matter at all. Yesterday, I ate a piece of Papa John's pizza for lunch with a whole cup of garlic sauce because freaking yum, right? But I'm not beating myself up about it. It's not about perfection at all, and I don't even desire to be perfect because there's no point. So anyways, this is so much about kind of finding the wins instead of finding the flaws because that's really crucial for long-term change because shame and self-deprecation does not create long-term change and lasting habits. So that is plentiful produce, just eating lots of fruits and vegetables. We're not focusing on perfection. We're just adding in some fruits and vegetables. We're trying new ones that we've never tried before. We're getting creative with it and we're enjoying it more than anything. So let's move on to number two, balanced nutrition. This is all about building balanced meals. And the point in and the reason for building balanced meals is to keep our blood sugar balanced. So I have a little formula that I use called the BB-3 or Blood Sugar Balancing 3 that's a really easy way to create a balanced meal and it's just making sure that in your meal you have protein, fat, and fiber somewhere in that meal. The thing is when we are just starting with nutrition, it can be like really confusing like what is protein, what is fat, what is fiber, right? And that's another reason that plentiful produce and balanced nutrition are separated out because this is also a system that's created for people to create habits. And we'll talk about that again when we talk about the digital course. But this way we can focus on one thing instead of like having all of this nutrition information thrown at us at once, we can focus on one thing at a time. So first we can focus on adding in fruits and vegetables. And then next we can, once we feel really comfortable and good with that, then we can focus on balanced nutrition, right? Building these balanced meals. So blood sugar is important because blood sugar impacts so much. What can happen if we are not balancing our blood sugar is we can end up going on a blood sugar roller coaster. So we eat something or we haven't eaten for a really long time. So we eat something and our blood sugar spikes up really high and then it dips down really low and continues that pattern and we never find this nice middle ground where our blood sugar is in the middle, right? And that is where our blood sugar wants to be basically because when we are on that highs and lows, we can experience things like extreme cravings, extreme hunger, I like to call it emergency hunger, like our hunger comes on like a freaking wrecking ball. We experience irritability, especially those of us with ADHD, this next one is a big one, and that is brain fog, right? We really have a hard time concentrating and focusing. Our blood sugar impacts so much. So focusing on balanced nutrition versus some strict diet, but rather just making sure I'm having some protein, some fat, some fiber, that has been really helpful for my wellness. So that is balanced nutrition. And also with this one, of course, we're focusing on not being perfect, right? Every meal doesn't have to be perfectly balanced for us to be well and be experiencing wellness. Number three of the core six is hydration. And this is just drinking enough water. I mean, so simple, right? But this is a hard habit to nail down for a lot of ADHDers. And I'll admit, I can totally fall out of the habit of hydration so easily if I'm not really thinking about it much. So it's just just that, just drinking some water because that's also super important for our brain functioning. And if you didn't know this, if you are on medication for your ADHD, a lot of medications do not work as well when we're not hydrated. So for me, that's motivation enough. You know what I mean? All right, next of the core six, number four is joyful movement. So this is just regularly moving my body. And the benefit of this is mostly getting out of my own head and stopping the ADHD thoughts that are pretty much always just attacking me in my brain, (laughs) you know? Like I feel like my thoughts never stop. They don't take a rest until I am moving my body. It's this really weird phenomenon But also we know that exercise has lots of benefits. We've heard it a million times, blah, 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 serotonin, dopamine, happiness. What is it that Elle Wood said? Happy people don't kill their husbands. So joyful movement, focusing on joyful movement. (laughs) Number five of the core six is rest. In particular, guilt-free rest. When I am following my body's guidance and listening when I need rest, versus pushing through and drinking a coffee or an energy drink or trying to be more productive or whatever, when I'm actually listening to my body's guidance, I end up burning out. I used to burn out like truly every week because I was pushing myself so hard and I thought that was the only answer. But when I started just listening to my body's guidance and resting when I needed rest, And doing this in a guilt-free manner so that all my rest wasn't just tainted with anxious thoughts about how I should be doing something else, I feel, oh my God, a million times better, a million times more energetic when I actually am doing things because rest that's not guilt-free typically isn't rest at all, right? If you're spending the entire time being anxious and thinking about all the things that you should do, it's not going to be very restful. So that's number five, guilt-free rest. And number six is play. Now, here's the thing about play and ADHD in particular, okay? ADHDers, we need to find ways to, you know, boost the dopamine in our brain. So sometimes we may think that we need rest. But sometimes what we actually need is a bit of play. So that's been a cool thing as well, is kind of figuring out the difference between when I need rest and when I need play. Because sometimes I truly do need rest and I need to power down and chill my brain out or chill my body out or, you know, the different kinds of rest that I go over in the Wellness with ADHD digital course sometimes what I actually need is stimulation. I need to do something that's fun to me. I need to fuel myself up with dopamine and fun and excitement because otherwise, honestly, why is life worth living if we're just here to be productive robots? That doesn't sound very exciting to me, you know? But I've also realized that play is really important for my wellness because it helps me enjoy life more. And when I'm enjoying life more and creating more dopamine in my brain, I'm overall more motivated. And I also deserve to have a fun and enjoyable life, regardless of how much I've gotten done or what my body looks like, or, you know, these outside achievements that you can see from the outside. Okay, guys. So that is it. That is how I do wellness without a diet. (laughs) The core six. And that's not the only way, right? There's more to my wellness, but this is the big stuff. This is the what, right? This is how to create wellness without a diet. And this is how I do it in my life. Now, I also had to learn some of the mindset pieces and I had to learn how to create habits without the all or nothing mindset and how to create habits in a way that actually works for the ADHD brain, right? So when I was going through this process originally, I was like, okay, how am I going to create habits the way that I've been trying to do it, AKA like start all of these at one time and try to be perfect from day one and have my perfect little habit tracker and be perfect. Like all the people I see on YouTube, etc. that doesn't work for me. And so I actually also created a system or a methodology called the one small step method. And this is a method for creating habits with ADHD. I like to say it is the scientific method of creating habits because it's not about me telling you exactly how to do plentiful produce or exactly how to rest or exactly what kind of joyful movement you should be doing. It's so much more about you going through the experimentation process of figuring out what's going to work for you. You are the guru of your own wellness. You are the person that knows more about you and what's going to work for you and what you need in each moment more than anybody else. And the one small step method is what helps you get there and what helps you learn how to trust yourself and helps you learn what habits are going to work for you. It's so good. I could talk about this stuff all day. Another thing I had to do to create these habits was to stop relying on discipline and start relying on fun and motivation. Because even though everyone said discipline was the key and you're not going to be motivated all the time, so you've got to be disciplined, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really have all too much discipline to begin with and it was also super unreliable, right? And hello, later I learned that's because I have ADHD. But instead of relying on discipline, I have learned how to create motivation for myself. So I traded discipline for dopamine and I learned how to start getting hyped for my wellness habits and my other habits that would benefit my life in other areas. And this is another thing that you will learn how to do in the Wellness with ADHD digital course. So I'm going to talk about this for just one moment if you are interested in creating wellness habits with ADHD If you are really intrigued by this core six and you think that these six habits would benefit you and you'd love to know my processes for creating habits with ADHD, the Wellness with ADHD digital course teaches you these things. It teaches you how to create fun dopamine infused wellness habits minus the discipline and diets. Something else that's cool about the course is not only is the curriculum super ADHD friendly, so you're going to learn how to create habits with ADHD, you're going to learn how to create these core six habits, and then also have basically a blueprint for how to create any habit you want with ADHD. So the curriculum is super ADHD friendly, but so is the format of the course. It's built so that when you start the course and it's something new and novel and exciting, you get to binge the foundations part and you get to learn all of this information And then once the novelty and excitement starts wearing off and you finish the foundations, then all you need to do to upkeep the course and be creating your habits is to watch one video a month. And so it's just very ADHD friendly in the way that there's a bunch of information to binge at the beginning, but it's very easy to maintain afterwards. And this is kind of what we need as ADHDers. So you'll walk away from the digital course with these new skills and habits you'll be able to create motivation for yourself well past the honeymoon phase of your healthy habits. So once it's no longer exciting, you'll know how to not push yourself through and force yourself through, but rather how to get excited for it again. When the excitement of joyful movement goes away, you will have tools to help you figure out how to switch it up, how to make it fun again. You will of course, have created the six habits of the core six. You will be experiencing all of those things. They'll be a regular part of your life and they will be super enjoyable. You will also have the self-trust to know that when you say you're gonna do something, you'll actually do it. And this is not because you're superhuman or because you now have all this discipline and willpower to do the thing, but rather it's because number one, you're gonna know how to motivate yourself when you are lacking motivation, but number two, you're going to know how to create a goal that you can actually follow through with and that you want to follow through with, right? That's what you're going to learn in the one small step method. What works particularly for you? And of course, like I said, you'll also know the scientific method of habit creation, AKA the one small step method. So you can create literally any habit you want with ease and joy. So That is the Wellness with ADHD digital course. You'll walk away knowing how to do wellness without a diet. And most importantly, you'll walk away doing wellness without a diet. And you'll feel really freaking good. So if you have any questions about the course, by the way, shoot me a message on... Instagram at part-time wellness, and I'll get back to you. You guys are going to absolutely love it. The people that are in the course already are adoring it. They're starting their new habits for the month of June. I am focusing on hydration for June, and that's something I haven't talked about yet, but we focus on one habit a month. So you guys know I could talk about this stuff forever, but that's all I have for you today. There is the link in the show notes if you want to purchase the course or shoot me a message with any questions. Leave a rating and review if you enjoyed this episode, if it was helpful for you. If you're going to try the course X, I can't wait to hear how it goes for you. And I'm super weird at ending the podcast, but I love you guys. Have a great day. Bye.